Welcome to the Seth Campbell Podcast. This show is to equip you with real-world tactics that improve your leadership skills, build your wealth, and cause you to leave a multi-generational impact on your world. Real happy to be back with everybody today. We took a brief hiatus. It was partially traveling and sickness. I was sick for a little while, and not the not COVID. It's weird, isn't it? Weird how that's the very first question everybody asks now. Like anybody's sick. I was sick for a couple of weeks. Like, did you have the COVID? No, it wasn't that. I don't think. And uh, yet here I am. Uh, there are regular sicknesses still. So I had that. This week, I'm real excited about this episode. It is something that uh, I've recognized inside of my leadership many, many times over the years and uh, constantly is a conversation with myself and other leaders that I have the opportunity to work with. I call it uh, summed up training processes, managing outcomes. Sometimes I'll say it in short, manage the outcome, manage the outcome, manage the outcome. That's kind of my code word on it. And it's just this idea of managing outcomes, training processes. I'll I'll break it down for you here and see if you can kind of identify with this struggle. I think for a lot of people in leadership, this is going to be one of those ones that is a good, oh my gosh, that might be what I'm dealing with moment. Um, And and because too often, you know, people we hire, um, they're not performing as we've hoped or identified or wished. And we keep trying to help them and something is just not working. And it's not always on a new hire, although that's when it's most prevalent. It, it, it very much could be on something that's been with us for a while, but there's this idea of like, I don't know. It's like, it's a good person. I, I'm trying to help this individual. It's not working out. Um, and we start to have this internal dialogue. So tell me if you can relate to any of this. It's like, you know, did I train them enough? Did, did, I, did I give them a realistic expectation? Like maybe, maybe the goal was too high and, or, or too short of a time frame, or it was too much, too much to take on you know, for somebody who is new in the role or thing like that. Maybe they need more time. Um, maybe I should have been there more. You know, I, I wasn't around a lot when they first were taking this on or tackling this, this issue. Maybe they're just the wrong person. By the way, we don't do that. There, there, there are no wrong people. There's just wrong roles. So just internalize that. I will constantly remind you of that. That's a, that's a mantra that we live by. There's no wrong people. They're all right people. It's just maybe they're in the wrong role and there's another role for them somewhere else. It, by the way, it doesn't have to be with you, certainly, uh, yet there's no wrong people. They're all right people just in the wrong role. So the, the truth, though, however... Out of all those, did I train them enough? Did I set a realistic goal? Maybe they need more time. Maybe I should have been there more. Maybe it's the wrong fit, wrong role. The truth is it could be all of those, and yet that's not the real issue, which is why people struggle with this one. It it, it actually could be any of those, yet that's not the real issue. The real issue might be the leadership model that you're using with that individual. And the leadership model that I'm here to, to teach today is called train processes or the how, train the how, manage outcomes, or call that the what. So it's training the how, managing the what, training processes, managing outcomes. Sounds simple. However, most leaders have it backwards. I, I see it every single day with, the, with leaders for years, including myself. That, that, that I have the opportunity to work with. And most leaders do it backwards. We manage the process. We manage the how. And then we attempt to train 
the outcome, train the what. And we get obsessed, particularly with managing the how. And this is where things can go off track. So I'll give you a, a couple of examples uh, that kind of help. I'm, I'm one of those metaphor speakers, if you haven't figured it out by now. And, and because when you um, study success, you see the patterns of success all across the world. It, it, and, and it's a very good thing to do because uh, it's in Proverbs. In the, it's in the good book, the Bible, that there's nothing new under the sun. And you'll see that there's these success patterns. By the way, there's failure patterns all across time. There really is nothing new under the sun and it repeats. So it's a good idea wherever you are and you see success, particularly sustained success over time, find the patterns and you'll start to see things like this. So if we're thinking about sports, sports is a, is a good analogy for business, by the way, almost always because it involves a group of people attempting to achieve something together uh, under high pressure intensity. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, that's business too. So in sports, this concept would be like managing the outcome would be tantamount to um, as the as the leader or as a coach or as the owner of the team, um, my expectation, what I manage is wins and the score, like the outcome. Like that's the ultimate expectation is we're going to win games. The ultimate expectation is we're going to score points. What I would train on are the plays, the how, how do we win? And, and the interesting thing is in the, in the business world, and a lot of you will identify with this because you're the, the highly talented group, is highly talented individuals prefer that. In other words, like if I said to you, hey, how would you like to be in an opportunity? Like if I was your boss and I said, like, look, around here, I, I'm just going to teach you, like, here's how you score points here. And here's a couple of ways you that worked in the past. However, you have autonomy. You have freedom on, on finding other ways to score points, but this is how the game is won. This is how points are scored. Here's a playbook that has worked for others before. Here's some plays. And you have some space and some freedom to design and create and find other ways to score. But make no mistake, this is how we win. This is how you score. That, for talented folks, is very relieving. It's this idea of like, because what's the opposite? And many of us have been in that work environment where it's not always clear how to win. Some relationships are like, it's not always clear how to win. It's not always clear um, how to score. Like I call it the, the, the moving goal line. Like it, it keeps changing how I win here. It keeps changing how we score points here. And you boss, Mr. and Mrs. Boss, you kind of seem more obsessed with did I run the play exactly the way you used to run it when you were here or the way you want it run? And I don't even know, like, what are we doing anymore? Like you're, you're, you care more about, did I go left or right exactly at this time? Did I show up at this time? Did I beat this? Did I feel like this? Instead of like, are we winning? Are we scoring? In fact, I don't even remember how we win here anymore. Like that environment starts to happen. Very, very common when we get this process backwards, this leadership model, that, that, by the way, is a sign of a leader who's now gone the other way and, and they're managing processes, managing the how, training the what, training the, what, training the outcome. And I'm telling you, man, it is, it is deadly in business. So in sports, it would be like um, appropriate would be, here's how you win. This is how the game is. This, this is the, this, the game. This is how you score points. This is how you win. 
here's some plays that have worked before process. I'm going to train you there. However, our deal, however that goes, maybe I got the wrong plays for you. However that goes, my expectation is that you score points and you win. So if my plays don't work, you find better plays. Now we're training people to be resourceful. Now we're giving them autonomy. Now we're, we're sparking um, the resourcefulness in people. We're, we're causing them to get into a problem-solving mode, which ultimately are the kind of people that we want to lead, particularly if our path as a leader is moving ourselves and our organization towards a level of freedom. Uh, it, this applies to parenting also, as most all business does. Uh, parenting, and I think on this one, I would put a little bit of an asterisk on uh, as they age, right? Uh, the younger they are, the more you, you're managing the process, everything, because you know there's safety issues. However, um, one of the things, uh, if you have you know children, and it, I don't like to give specific ages because people mature at different levels, but you have children that are, you're, you're trying to train them up to make good decisions, right? Ultimately, I think that's what parents do is I'm training this child that when they go out to the world, uh, they're going to hopefully make some, some good decisions for themselves. Through that, this is, this is the method to get them there. As they start to get older, you want to move towards managing the outcome, training the process. Managing the outcome for a kid, it might be, hey, here's the grades I expect you to get. Like, I expect you to have these kind of grades. I, I expect this type of result. The, the, the process to get there, I think it's probably you come home and you do your homework. You probably go to bed. You probably have less screen time. Like that's the process. That's the how. It's usually in the realm of good habits that we're talking to our kids about. It's probably that. Now, back up. What if I only or I feverishly, and this might, this might spark some parents the wrong way, but stay with me on it. What if I feverishly managed the how? Like I obsessed over how many hours they study. I obsessed over screen time more than the result. Like that might feel right, which is why leaders go this way. And I'm telling you, it's not going to end well. And, and the reason is because is it true that there are some kids that can get the result a different way? Is it true that there are some kids that, I don't know, they, they learn differently? Yes. They, they, they don't need to read as much. They can watch a video and learn. They're auditory visual learners versus kinesthetic reading learners. Maybe uh, through a mentor, they can absorb more and somebody else has to read more, right? They're, they're, people are different. So therefore, the how changes. Like, that's the point. If we were talking about physical, like exercise or whatever, I needed to get to a certain uh, body weight, a certain body fat percentage. Uh, do I want the trainer who's going to say like, all right, look, no matter what, like I want to get to this weight and this body fat percentage. And my hope is that you're going to train me on the how. However, if that how, if my body's a little bit different than you, Mr. And Mrs. Trainer, I, I want you to adjust it. I want you to help me not follow exactly your plan, your diet, your nutrition. Maybe it won't work for me. Maybe it doesn't work for my body exactly the same way. Let's use your process, your how as a playbook, but be flexible on that. But and be totally inflexible on the result. In other words, like if I follow your plan to the T, 
and I don't hit my body fat, that's not good for me. Like, I don't want that. So think about it. And, it, and when I break it down this smooth, it sounds like, well, yeah, of course, that's how I manage. That's how I lead. That's common sense. And it's not, I'm telling you, go back or pay attention this week for all of you folks that are leading people, parents, anybody, and listen to your words, listen to where your energy goes up, listen to where your expectations are, listen to where your triggers are when you get upset. And most people I observe are more upset when somebody violates their process, their how, and I'm not even talking about result anymore. And, and in business, this is where it gets cloudy. Um, in, in business, it could be, uh, I'll give you a couple of examples. One of them I, I like to say is like the factory example. What, what I want you to do and be like as a leader is what I would call like managing the widget. So in other words, uh, if, if I said like we had a factory and the factory, I'm going to grab some, the factory was we're going to produce like these TV controllers. Then I, as a leader, my suggestion to you is I'm going to say like the, the, the controller needs to be this size and needs to have these buttons on it. I want some of these buttons to be orange, some of them to be white. Like, and I would, I would specify that this is the widget. This is the output. And here's, you know, inside the factory, here's how that's made from what I understand. And yet, if you find a better way to do it, a more efficient way to do it, that still produces this exact widget, I'm, I'm probably okay with that when we get there. What I care more about is the output. What I care more about is the widget comes out this way. And again, that sounds like common sense, yet pay attention to business and you'll observe so many leaders, they, they stop talking about this. This is why we have people that are like, I don't even remember how to win here anymore. I don't even know how to score points here. No, these people are obsessed with like exactly the way I show up, what I wear, how I do it, da, da, da. And we don't even talk about this anymore. And, and what happens is we start to lose touch with the point of our existence and business anyway. Like, what are we even doing? What are we out to do? What are we out to change? And when I manage the widget, what will happen is you take over, you're in the factory, you're running the factory, and I'm the owner or the leader. And the widgets start coming out looking different. Like this thing is round, not, 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 not um, rectangular. Then I'm going to say like, okay, what needs to change with that? That's, that's, I'm managing the, the outcome. Like that's not, that's not what we make. That's not how we win. That's not the output I'm looking for. What are you going to do? Like, can you change it? What are you doing? Now, sometimes I will get in and go in the factory. However, I got to tell you, most leaders live in the factory. They live in the factory so much. They watch every little move, every little assembly line move, all the people, every little thing that's happening that they're not actually watching what's coming out the end. They're feeling the, the results of it by angry customers, loss of sales, profitabilities in the toilet. Uh, they're feeling the results of it. The problem is they're in the factory trying to manage all the little pieces and all the little how, which by the way, might be outdated by now. So much so that they lose track of the output. Therefore, I suggest leaders work harder first on clarifying what is the widget, what is the output, what exactly does it look like, being very clear in the communication of that, sure, having some ideas, some how, maybe some experience on how that's produced, and yet be outside the factory enough that you're managing the widget, managing the outcome, and 
let go or be a little bit looser on the process while you're inside of that. Real life examples going further in business. Let's talk about like a marketing person. Let's say we just hired a marketing person and what is the outcome? So the problem is when, if we hire a marketing person, I bet you nine out of 10 companies that I've talked to that hire a marketing person, I say like, okay, tell me their big rocks. Tell me what they're really responsible for. I'll hear like, okay, I want them to run social media ads. Um, then I want them to make our newsletter. Then I want them to reply to all our customer inputs. Then I want them to come up with our slogans and stuff. And that's it. I'm like, okay, well, like, how do you know if they win? Well, you know, they, they ran the ads and they did the newsletter. It looks good. Uh, people like it. Guess what? That's managing the process. Like, okay, so is it possible somebody could come and run the ads, make the newsletter, answer all their customers, and sales go down? Like, what if, what if the ads suck? What if the newsletter is crap? What if they don't put it to enough people? Like, is that possible? Yeah. Well, they're doing exactly what you told them to do because what you're managing is the process. They're doing the process. Well, guess what? You've lost track. And, and what will happen is it's just not working. Maybe it's them. Maybe it's me. Then we're back to them. Maybe I should train them more. I don't know. They're the wrong person. They just don't have a good eye for uh, the right fonts, the right aesthetic and things like that. No. And, and it starts with, in that case, not even really starting with a clear outcome. So let's rewind, hire a new marketing person. What's the outcome? Uh, one of those, let's pick the first one, social media. Uh, I want 20 sales this quarter as a result of your social media ads. That's an outcome. I'm going to manage that unflexible. By the way, if they already have experience, hey, they'll probably tell me how to get that. If not, I'm going to connect them with resources. Here, we, we have all these resources. Here's, we have these expertise. We have these books. We have this training. We have this online training on how to do social media. You've got this. Here's what we've done in the past. Here's the results we've got from what we've done. Here's what we know to be true. Here's a place that have worked for us. And yet, you're here to get 20 sales this quarter from the social media ads. Now, if on, the, on that example, if I revert back to manage the process, let's say it didn't work in, in both scenarios. They ran the ads, they did it, we didn't get our 20 sales. Leader one, most common leader, managing processes, training on outcomes. Uh, that means I would have said like, oh, here's exactly the way we want ads run, like around here, we do it, you know, this many days, this much ad spend, this thing. I like the colors to be like this way. I want that. Da, da, da. And I obsess over that. And the person does that. We don't get our 20 sales. Guess what? As the leader, I'm stuck. Like I got in the boat with them and I manage the, the, the process so much that I'm stuck. I need to solve this or I'm going to feel guilty that, uh, Maybe I should have been with the person more. Maybe I should have this. Maybe it was me. Maybe because I'm so upset with the process, it probably is because they just did what you said. They did your process. They did it. They did what you said. It didn't work. So guess what? You're, it's on you to fix it, which means you still own the job. Remember, our rule on that is he or she who's losing sleep over a result not happening. That's who really owns this job. And you might be paying somebody for that job. I'm paying the marketing person. Yet when I'm not getting the results from what the marketing person is supposed to do, and I'm the one losing sleep over it because they feel like they're doing it, 
I'm not getting the sales I'm looking for and I'm only losing sleep over it, then I'm really the marketing person. I still own that job. He or she that's losing sleep over result not happening is the one that really owns the job. So now if I manage that process, then I own it. I'm stuck. I've got to solve it. Fast forward, I'm probably never getting freedom. Imagine if I have all of my roles that way. This is the leader who burns out. This is the leader who gets stuck. This is the leader who is a genius surrounded by a thousand helpers and has a ceiling of achievement and the company can never get bigger or further than their intelligence. This is the leader. I used to be this person, the S on the chest, want to save the day, Superman. Now, the same scenario, the 20, we don't get, we, we run the ads. We don't get our 20 sales this quarter. I'm the leader that's going to manage the outcome, train the process. How does that conversation go? It's like, okay, how'd you do? Oh, we only got five sales, not 20. Okay. What are you going to do? What are you going to do now? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. What, what, what do you think I should do? Well, did you do the plays that, that we had before? Yeah, I did all those. Oh, they didn't work? No, they didn't work. Okay. Could you do them better? Is there another thing you do? No, okay. Okay. Well, you're here for the 20 sales on this particular thing. Like, what do you think's next? Did you try to on that person? So I'm going to go resource, not solve. I call it the hot potato conversation. We didn't get the 20 sales is the hot potato. The moment they put that in my hands, I've lost. It's now my job to fix it. So I'm not, I'm like, oh, I'm not taking that thing. Keep it. It's in your hands. You know, the best part about your job is your job. I'm going to keep it in your hands. And I'm gonna, and, and be supportive. This isn't like, figure it out. Screw you. It's not that. It's okay. What are you going to do now? I'm supportive. I'm, I'm here, not abandoning you. However, like your job is your job. My job is my job. And we work together for the overall goal. And I might help them be resourceful. Hey, did you think about this? You think about this? Not getting in the boat, not going in the factory. What are you going to do next? Well, I guess I'll try this. I guess I'll try that. How will you know that that works? So now I'm going to go a little tighter. Um, how? Because I'm not waiting a whole nother quarter. Well, I think what I'll do is I'll play around this or I'll go learn this and I'll do this and I'll tweak this. Okay. How will you know that that's better than what you're doing now? Well, uh, I think in the first week, I should see this number instead of that number. Cool. I'll talk to you in the first week and let's see. And now what am I doing? Managing the outcome. And I'm training the process. I'm supporting the process. I'm resourcing the process. And that person is solving the issue. And ultimately, when you get here, you start to realize like, oh my gosh, I'm still the smartest one in the room. I didn't hire the solvers. I, I thought I did. I, I, I somewhere I, I was trying to get my, I don't know, self-worth from being the one that solved all the issues. Um, now you realize like, oh, I need to hire solvers. Because without that, I'm the ceiling. I'm as far as this company can go. My training, my how. And what if it's a process you don't know about? What is accounting or something you don't know anything about? You'd be destroying the company by trying to manage that. So this forces you into a place. Now, fast forward, because what we're all about here on Seth Kimmel Podcast is making a generational impact with your leadership. So what's the generational impact? You already know what happens for the leader, the most common leader that manages the process. 
is they become the ceiling. They burn out. They don't keep amazing people because they don't even attract them because amazing people want to solve problems. Amazing people want to have ownership. Amazing people want to have work that matters. They want to use their brain cells. They want to be stretched. So it, it doesn't end well generationally business-wise for the leader that obsesses over the how. By the way, we're in a day and age where the how is changing fast. How you achieve something just with technology advancements is happening fast. Now, the benefits, generational benefit of the leader who manages outcome trains how? Think about that for a second. They, they, they are the leader who now is generating these problem solvers all across the world, right? Their, their organization is now filled with people who like solve problems, figure stuff out, think on their own, love what they do. They have work that matters. All humans want to have work that matters. That's making a difference. It's a fundamental need in the workforce. And what will happen fast forward? These are people that then go and do amazing things. They may not stay with you. They may go change the world. They may change your industry. They'll have a ripple effect that could transform many, many generations. And believe it or not, that can all start with how you manage, how you lead, your leadership model. So I encourage you leaders, think this week, pay attention to your words, pay attention to what you're really ticked off about or what you're really pushing on and step back and say, wow, am I more obsessed with how they're doing this, with the process? Have I hired people to go do this, do this, do this, or have I hired people to achieve this, achieve this, achieve this? Pay attention to the verbs you use when somebody asks you like, what's that person's job? And the job is like, well, they're here to post ads, make this, create this, write this. Those are verbs that are process-oriented, not result-oriented. They're not outcomes. Well, that person's here to triple our sales. Because by the way, it may change. Many of you know that came from McDonald's before I worked in real estate. And one of the great things the founder of McDonald's was famous for saying Long time ago, this has been the 50s or 60s, when McDonald's at that time became the number one restaurant in the world by size and volume, definitely in, in hamburgers. And a reporter had asked Ray Kroc, you know, where do you think this company is going to be in, in uh, the year 2000, which, you know, was way in the future back then. And he said, you know, I don't know. I don't know what... Americans are going to be buying the most in the year 2000, but I do know that we'll sell the most of them. How about that? And the funny thing is, because I worked at McDonald's during this time, is uh, it ended up being chicken at that time when that, when that year had hit, and chicken had passed burgers or something like that. And, um, and then salads went way on the rise. And sure enough, McDonald's sold more chicken than anybody, more salads than anybody. And this was a gentleman who was flexible on the process, yet very clear on the outcome. And it was, in that case, to be number one in sales. So think about your leadership. Think about some people, I think, avoid managing outcomes because it may come off as cold. Like, all you care about is the results you don't care about. That's not true. How you care about people is how you talk to them and how you treat them. And you can absolutely care about results because, by the way, probably the best thing you could do for your kids 
for your people, for everybody, is hold an expectation for the result and give flexibility and spark their inner genius. Teach, raise up problem solvers by being a trainer on the process, not a manager of the process. So with that, I love you. I thank you. Go forth and prosper. Look forward to the next episode. I am now going to pause for the for the recording that we put out on the podcast. And for those of you who may not know, we do have a private Facebook group, Seth Campbell Podcast on Facebook. If you join that, the insiders group, you'll be able to watch this on video because we record on video. And I do a little private Q&A with some folks that listen in, never know what we're going to talk about. And the only way you can get that content is by joining us on the Seth Campbell Podcast Facebook group. So look forward to continuing your leadership journey together. Thanks, everybody.